All Three Beards Media podcasts originate from the Gravitate Coworking Studio, sponsored by Revelton Distilling Company. This Three Beards Media podcast may contain mature themes, and if you're not down with that, we got three words for you. Like the podcast. Nailed it! Would you like to sample some of my nuts? Hello and welcome to a brand new edition of Old Man Strength. I am your host, Chris Shipley, and I am proud to present my new co-host of Old Man Strength, who may or may not be older than me, uh, Aaron Wall. Aaron, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Um, despite my picture in that opening that shows me as bald as shit. <laughs> I am not older than you. Thanks I don't even that, know. I don't even know where I got that photo. I got it from somewhere. I don't even know. Uh, super so. flattering. Yeah. Appreciate so it. you feel free to send me a new one. I'll get that updated for you. Yeah. Nah, that's nah, good. <laughs> it's too late now. It's it's on the internet. It's, it's forever. The, that's right. Well, considering when we first logged in, you had a pair of glasses on and then another set of glasses on your cap. And I was like, you know, it's old man strength, but you don't actually have to dress like an old man. Honestly, didn't realize I had the other set on my cap, so that's why I had one on too. Uh, when I first uh, started dating Stacy, I had I did not have prescription sunglasses, so I bought these really big sunglasses that I would just wear over my regular glasses, and that lasted about two weeks before she was like, "You cannot fucking go outside with me like that." <laughs> so, and she was right, and she was right. Yes, so she's been fixing me ever since. Uh, so never ending well, process, right? I know she's got a job for life. Mm -hmm. Uh, so why don't we uh start off by uh telling the audience a little bit? You obviously were on bitter units uh before, and you're one of the three beards that is kind of behind the scenes. So, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about you and your background? Uh, yeah, um, born in Missouri. Uh, youngest of five boys, so I've got a lot of uh, sibling experience and stories if we ever get into that <laughs> stuff. Um, moved to Iowa when I was 10. Uh, grew up on the eastern side of the state. Uh, went to college at Iowa State and uh, taught high school in Iowa for six years. Moved to Texas because I'd met my wife and uh, lived there for a decade and then uh, Moved to Seattle area about seven years ago. So I've bounced around a little bit and uh, it's uh, always interesting to see what's going to come next. Quite a bit, quite a bit. Texas, Washington. I lived in Phoenix for a little bit. So we've been kind of around the gamut a little bit. So no, this, this isn't my last stop either. So, oh, yeah. I'll come, come retirement. I'll be headed back uh, Midwest or even. Mid-East, possibly, a little bit. I'd be so, happy to send you a photo of what it looks like outside, and you can fix that fucking mistake right off the bat. Uh, buddy, I didn't say I was going to stay to the north. I was probably <laughs> going to get a little farther south. 
that's a smart move because it sucks. It absolutely yeah. sucks. So, although my wife tonight was like, you know, I kind of could go for another snow day. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So, well, listen, we should probably address a little bit of the elephant in the room. Uh, obviously, we are still called Three Beards. We did make a change to the logo. Uh, it is uh, now just a uh, a group of two, you and I. Uh, uh, I I'll just preface it by saying uh, I absolutely love Tim. Uh, love what he brought to the table. Uh, we'll always be supportive of him. Um, but there was just a, a, a disagreement on some things, and we all decided to part ways. So that's what brings Aaron on to old man strength, and uh, we are moving forward. Uh, but again, uh, appreciate everything that Tim did. Uh, I wouldn't be in doing this at all if Tim wouldn't ask me to do this uh, under uh, the Tailgate Society who again is a great group as well that, that gave us a chance. So uh, that's, I mean, that's just where we're at. So. Yeah. hundred percent agree. Um, Tim's always going to be a friend of ours. Um, and if he needs anything from us, he, he knows how to get a hold of us and vice versa. And, you know, it's just unfortunate philosophical differences of how to move forward it happens sometimes. Yep. Absolutely. So. With that, uh, we are uh, rolling. So we're going to uh, do an episode tonight where it's just me and Aaron kind of shooting the shit, kind of like an old school old man strength. Uh, and then we roll into some pretty big guests uh, the next two weeks. We have Keith Murphy from WHOTV13 uh, next Tuesday. And then on February 13th, man, I scored an interview with Robert Irvine. I can't believe he actually answered that. So that's that awesome. I'm spoiler alert i won't be here for that one is, um but uh you know given another piece of information about me is i do travel a lot for work which makes uh, a regular schedule and sometimes working with our guest schedules daytime or yep or during the week is, is can be difficult for me so we'll have we'll probably have more guest uh hosts now than we ever have but uh, we've got so many good people that have been on the show that are happy to come back. So I'm not worried about that in the slightest. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like the old Johnny Carson days when he would just have a guest host every once in a while, somebody new. So, uh, but yeah, I, Robert Irvine, that that's been in the works for a while. Keith Murphy has been in the works for probably a year. I uh, could just never seem to get uh, a time that worked for him. And then uh, I actually, had responded to a tweet of Robert Irvine's like in November. And I said, you know, I would love to come out and have you come on. And he responded and gave me an email address to email and I emailed it. And then I got ghosted, didn't hear anything. And then I follow him quite a bit. And I just responded back to him. I think it was on Wednesday of last and said, Hey chef, you may not remember, but I sent an email and I never heard back about my podcast. And he said, send it again. And uh, I'll be sure that it gets looked at. So sure enough, I sent it again. And the next morning I had a reply back from his assistant asking what the podcast was. And I gave her some rundowns and I didn't scare him off. So uh, she responded that uh, he was available on February 13th. And I said, okay, uh, we'll book that. I'll move things around. <laughs> so, so there we go. So, yeah, for sure. So that's awesome. Yeah, so exciting stuff. All right, uh, we're going to start off. Uh, we decided to come up with some topics here. 
So, Aaron, I will let you uh, launch topic number one. Well, um, I wanted to start with just kind of goals for 2024. Personal work goals. Um, either one is fine. Um, I'm not. I'm not a New Year's resolution person, so that's not what I'm talking about necessarily. Right. Um, but it could be related to the things that people do that, you know, both you and I are, are big guys. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, well, I, uh, got to walk in and doing stuff back in, uh, the summer last year and, and dropped about eight or nine pounds. Um, and I've kept that off, but I, I need, you know, at two seventy to probably lose another 20 or 30. Um, that's one of the things I'm going to try to work on a little bit harder this year. Um, my wife and I joined the Y. Um, I'm going to start doing yoga. Nice. Uh, can you imagine me in a yoga studio? Oh, man. I'm, I'm the least flexible person. On the <laughs> like, I bend over to try to touch my toes, and I am a foot from my toes. It's not yeah. really close. Um, I'm not very I'm not very flexible either. So, so just... Uh, Getting limbered up and that kind of stuff would, I'm sure, help. Hopefully, no shit. I I kind of am on a similar journey. Uh, I actually, so a uh, part I'm, I've been pretty open about it on false starts that I've been going to see a therapist just to kind of help me work through some stuff and whatever. And one of the conversations he had, and it actually coincided with something my wife asked me because she said, "When when was the last time you felt like mentally and physically better?" And I said, well, you know, it was when I was going to the gym every day and tracking my food and I was going to a nutritionist and, you know, I felt I was down to like 250, you know, and it was in the middle of 2020. So, uh, and I, so then like a couple of days later, I went to go see Dr. Kipling and we were talking and he said, he said, I think what you need is, um, to just go find one thing that you have to hold yourself accountable to. Right. Well, like whatever that is, and you hold yourself accountable to it. And his office just happened to be right around the corner from Eakin Nutrition, who was my nutritionist at the time that I was doing all that before. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to stop back there. I'd quit doing it because I was just frankly sick to death of tracking everything and it not working. And I was over obsessed with it. And it was just, it got to a point where it was like an albatross around my neck. I remember I was at a barbecue. And everybody was eating burgers or whatever else. And I was eating some kind of vegetable, like mushroom burger. And I was like, this fucking sucks. Like, I hate this. Uh, so I stopped at the nutritionist. This was in early November. And I said, I just want to get back on the plan and start over. Uh, I was doing ferals kickboxing. I was going like every single day. And I said, I don't want to do that anymore. So she was nice enough to just write me up a simple little workout plan and she should just follow this. So ever since then, I've been going to the gym every day as best as I can, Monday through Friday. I, I walk the treadmill for a mile. I do six sets of strength exercises, whether it's back and triceps or whatever. And I track my food. And since November, through the holidays, through the bowl game that I went to, I'm down nine pounds. I've lost 22 pounds of fat and I just feel, I just feel so much better, but it was just that one accountability. And I told Stacy yesterday, I said, you know, the biggest thing for me is, is 
I'm not obsessing over it. Like if I miss, uh, I, I'm supposed to eat six times a day. If I miss the afternoon one, I'm not going to obsess about it. It is what it is. If I go a little over my macro amount or whatever, it's fine. If we end up making hot dogs and whatever, then I'll figure out how many, how much of that I got to eat to fit into my macros as best as I can. And and if it's not perfect, it's not perfect. It's fine. And it's working. Yeah, for sure. Um, totally agree with that, that philosophy too, as a guy that, you know, exercise and sports science major at Iowa state being a PE teacher. Um, I agree with that. Um, now I wasn't a personal trainer, but I think if you put too much pressure on being really strict about it, it it's the average person that's not going to be always the best thing for them. Um, right. that, you know, if you're a high level athlete and things depend on that, you know, really right. strict diet or whatever, if you're freaking the rock trying to get buffed up for a movie, <laughs> you know, yeah, sure. Right. You right. got to do it. But, um, for the average person, um, being really strict about it and beating yourself up if you make a mistake or doing it, it's, it's just not, it's not good. It's about the overall, um, idea of trying to be better more so than being yeah. perfect. I, um, so yeah, good job. I, I was, I mean, it was to the point where I, I would get up every morning and step on the scale to see if I had gained or, or lost anything. I'd go way in at my nutritionist every Saturday morning. And because I was so hyper-focused through the week, then as soon as I would weigh in, I'd go get something to eat somewhere and eat a bunch of crap, and I'd eat it all day long. And then it would bleed into Sunday, and then I'd start over, and then I'd go hard again. Whereas now, I weigh in once every two weeks, and after that, my treat is to go. I'll go to Brent's Kolaches place and get a couple kolaches for breakfast. I'll go back and eat what I'm supposed to eat for lunch. And then Stacy and I will have a nice dinner or something on Saturday. And then I'm back mm -hmm. on it on Sunday because I don't feel like I cheated myself through the rest of the week. Yeah, and no, for sure. So I, it's just a whole different mindset when you, when you tackle it from that way. So you're exactly right. Being hyper-focused is just not, not for me. Yeah. And, and lots of the studies say getting on the scale is, is not ideal either you know, frequently and always checking it because it, it crushes your mental state. If you you're up a pound one day versus right down two pounds another day. And it's like, well, that can be water. That can be, you yeah. know, that that's not important. You know, how do your clothes fit? You know, how does there's, there's signs if you're going in the right direction that are subtle, but are noticeable, you know, when, yeah. when your belt feels a little an extra loop looser or whatever, even if you haven't lost any weight, you've slimmed down and you've gotten healthier. Um, yeah. So, and I was I, one of the side effects of me having cancer from six years ago is my stomach is part of my esophagus now. Like my esophagus is gone. So there is no, like everybody has a little flapper up top there, you know, that, well, mine is gone. So if I lay flat and sleep too long flat, that acid, stomach acid will roll into my lungs and make me start to cough and gag and sometimes even throw up. And what makes it even worse is the heavier you are. And the last six months, man, I'm telling you, it was, it wasn't a, there wasn't a week that go by that I wouldn't have one or two episodes in the middle of the night where I'm downstairs throwing up and then having to sleep in the recliner. And I, and every night I'd be like, I know this is happening because, because my, I, my weight is out of control. I know it is. 
And since November, I've I've maybe had two episodes because I've just I've slimmed down. And to your point with the with the scale, I was going in Saturday to go weigh in just and I was like, I'm sure I have not. I like I didn't go to the gym for for a couple of days because the snow and you know I forgot to eat this and whatever. And I was just like, you know what? It is what it is. Whatever it is, it is what it is. And I went in and I was up half a pound, but I had dropped six pounds of fat of fat and gained six and a half pounds of muscle. I'll take it. Like, okay, so I didn't drop any weight, but to your point, my clothes fit better. So right. Um any other goals for the year? You know what? My other goal is I want to do some traveling. Stacy and I uh uh, the boys are, we're trying to work to get the boys some services, uh, like job coaching and stuff, and then get them moved into housing. And one of the things that Stacy and I have talked about is we would just like to do a little, not necessarily like big, long travels, but like, you know, a weekend trip here or a weekend trip there. And so we're going to try to do something every, every month and, and just go like next week, next month, we're going to go to Minneapolis. I think she wants to go to the Prince thing that's up there. So we're going to go with some friends in March. I really want to go to the big 12 basketball tournament. Um, we had a lot of fun a couple of years ago. We took a couple of trips, just the weekend trips and they're fun. They're, they're good to get away. And so that's kind of what my goal is, is to just do more of that, spend more time alone with her. Um, Cause the kids are older now and, and, you know, I want to do it before I get too old and I'm decrepit and I can't go anywhere. <laughs> Yeah, right on. Um, yeah, I don't have any. I really don't have any real goals for this year, um, as far as that kind of stuff goes. I mean, I'd like to get my golf game back into shape, you know. But part of that is, you know, a health benefit too, right? So that's yep. kind of being more active. And um, I carried my bags and walked eighteen holes probably a month ago. Yeah. Um, for the wow, first that's time impressive. In, for the first time in I don't know how long it was. It's been forever, and uh, promptly proceeded to uh, strain my calf. So you know that didn't help. Um, slowed everything down, but you know I uh, right now I'm happy to be under a hundred. I haven't played in six years before last summer. Really, um, it's been that long. Yeah. So basically, since I moved from Texas to to Seattle I hadn't played um with traveling for work it's hard to justify yeah being yeah. gone all week and then coming home and be like see you, I'm going to be gone for five and a half hours right um, yeah but I'm I'm traveling a little less because I've been able to add people to my territory so I don't have to go certain places anymore as often and um you know just closing the holes down and, and being able to stay at the house a little more often so I feel a little better about going and uh you know, just trying to get, and you know, I'd like to get back down into the mid eighties again. Um, I don't know if I'll ever get back down into the God mid eighties. I, I don't think I've ever shot mid eighties. That sounds I've, like a dream. I've been as low as 73 when I played all the time. Shot so. the front door. Um, really? Holy I don't know shit. that I'll ever get to that again because I was playing like every day, maybe even 36, oh, holes, yeah. you know, because I was teaching and I had a, Oh, membership yeah. that was play as much as you want. And yeah, in the summers, that's all I did was just go play golf. So um, when you walk, do you find yourself playing a better game when you walk? <clears throat> um, I used to, um, 
I think some of that is just being loose and staying loose and yeah, and all of that. Um, I didn't play bad this last when I walked this last time, but I could tell by the end I was getting pretty tired. Yeah. Um, but it helps that I'd been walking, you know, a mile and a half and stuff before that. I'd already started right. walking. Um, but even, uh, you know, walking a golf course is three or three and a half miles or something like that. Yeah. You know? Um, so it's, it's even more walking than you think it is. Um, so, but it, it's, it's good. I'm, I'm going to get back to it. Um, I'm, I may get old enough to get a push cart or something at some point and continue to walk, but push rather than carry. So, um, but that's a, that's, what I would do. that's hard on my manhood. Not me, man. I, I, it's not even a push cart, a, a pull cart just a, is totally fine with me. I was doing something similar when I lost all my weight the first time after I had gastric bypass in like 2007. This little golf course here in Norwalk, uh, I lived in Des Moines at the time, had a membership and it was like $300 for the year. And if you went and played and then you got a cart, you'd pay extra for the cart. Well, then I would just walk and yeah. I was getting off at 2.30 every day and it was good exercise. And I would walk 18 holes and it would take me about three hours or whatever. Cause I'd go in the afternoon at like three o'clock. Nobody was ever out there. Yeah. If it's not busy, but, you can motor yeah, right along. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I bought a little pull cart and just walked around, but I found myself playing better because if I hit a bad shot, then the next time, by the time I got to the ball, I had time to think about it. You know what I mean? Or I had time to, Whereas you get in a cart and you're kind of irritated, you get up there, you're like, all right, now I'm pissed still. Uh, walking to that ball really calms you down a little bit. Yeah, so right. I always found myself play better when I walked, but. Yeah, I tend to play better the harder the course is, but that's just a focus thing too, I think. So, you know, um, I, I, I play smarter. Don't get the driver out on every hole and, you know. Yeah. Try to haul off and destroy things. So, um, but yeah, well, good luck on your goals. Yeah. You too. That'd be so fun. We'll, we'll, we'll circle back to this later in the year and see how we're doing. That's right. We'll see where we're at. All right. Well, let's, let's talk about, uh, I want to talk about the NFL games yesterday, specifically cyclones in the NFL. Um, I I cannot believe the shit that Purdy's getting. I cannot believe the fucking hate that that kid's getting. Oh, I mean, I I can, um, and, and I think a lot of the pundits that are still doing it are the are the draft guru guys, the guys that don't want to admit that they were wrong. Um, yeah, and it happens all the time, you know. Yeah, it, it you know. Seventh round guys make teams. I mean, undrafted guys make teams. There's yeah. plenty of evidence that there's no perfect science to selecting a guy. And some guys just have it, some don't. And that's hard to verify right. until they get on the field. Um, he's not the most gifted quarterback. He's not. He doesn't have the biggest no. arm. He doesn't have tremendous speed. Um, but he's mobile enough. He's got enough arm. Um, you know, the greatest quarterback in NFL history didn't have a big arm. Right. And fucking Tom Brady did not have a cannon. Right. But he could make all the throws. He was, he anticipated and he saw the field. Peyton Manning didn't throw a beautiful ball. Mm -mm. Just a really smart quarterback. 
Right. I knew exactly what was coming and what was happening. So having the best arm or the tightest spiral or, I mean, I think it was McMahon used to throw ducks all the time. Yes. And won a Super Bowl, right? I mean, that ball didn't always look great, but you know, it's, it's, does it get where it needs to go when it needs to be there? And more often than not, Purdy does that. It makes you wonder. So Brady was a seventh round draft choice. No, he, came in, he was uh, he was a sixth, sixth, I think sixth. it was. Yeah, yeah, Denny's right though. He's got the game smarts. He knows what to do and when to do it. Yeah, that's exactly what he what he is. But my point is, is that Brady was not a highly touted guy. He was sixth round. Kurt Warner was undrafted. Right, and those first Hall seasons, of Famers. Right, and Both those first seasons that they played, if they would have played maybe in this era, where social media and the, the the screaming pundits of you know Stephen A. Smith of the world and 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 the clickbait and the Nick Wrights and everything else, who's to say that they wouldn't be saying the same thing about those guys in their first year and a half? You know, yeah, no, is, for sure. Why is Brady playing and not Drew Bledsoe the you know the guy? that you know is a first round draft choice or whatever else uh he wins the super bowl i think he puts a lot of those guys to bed i mean he has to uh yeah uh, is he probably out of the four left not the most gifted talented guy with all the tools no probably not but he's not going to make the big mistake he's going to go where he needs to go with the ball and like they said yesterday he played more in the shotgun in a Kyle Shanahan office than any quarterback that he's had before in that entire game. Why is he lining up in the shotgun if he doesn't trust him? If he doesn't think right. he can do it. Well, and and the other part of it is people bag on him and say he's awful and everything. You gotta remember, he's like in the top half percent of quarterbacks that play football of all time. Right. Just by being in the league and starting games. Right. It's like this isn't some schmo off the street. You know, it's it's a guy who has earned it. He's gotten there. He's done the work. And, you know, I'm not big on bagging on people. Um, I mean, I, I get upset every once in a while a guy for a drop or whatever. But right. I, I also still understand that they're the best in the world. Yeah. And it's not even close. You know, I was a good high school athlete. I went to college and played pickup basketball against – Reggie Hayward one time and it's a completely whole different thing. Right. You know, the, it's it's those those level of athletes. Even Purdy is a superior athlete yeah. to most anybody you've ever played against or seen. Right. Um, you know, it's just they're just different and you got to remember that too that I mean it's not everybody can do what he's doing. You know, I still see people saying Darnold could could do it too. Well, then why isn't Darnold starting? They're on the that, same team. What what are you talking right, about? Right. It, Trey Lance. Why did they trade Trey Lance? If it's just a system and anybody can do it, then why did they ship out Garoppolo? And why did they ship out Trey Lance? That's, you know, give me a break. And if I remember right, and maybe I might be wrong. God knows I've been wrong before. Uh. I believe after the Fiesta Bowl when when in 2020, he was on some draft boards of being in the first round or second round. Yeah, there was some really early, maybe coming out of his sophomore year, maybe something like that, people that were like, he's a potential first rounder. Um, and there was a lot of talk about 
his size and, you know, being a detriment and all this, but, and being able to hold up. But then they're like, well, no, but look at the size of his legs. He's got big old legs and he can yeah. move and take, you know, take the hits and, you know, he's built well. And so, yep. uh, you know, it's just one of those things. People get dug into their position on something and, and just refuse to let it go. Um, and then there's other people that are like, you know what? I missed that one. I was wrong. And he's awesome. So it's kind of nice to see like RG three uh, Matt liner today was hammering people about their takes on Purdy. Like he was, he was going after like regular people that were responded to him. You know, like, I, I don't know why you think you know anything. Did you play in the league? That kind of shit. And Richard Sherman is going after Nick Wright and those guys, Emmanuel Acho, who I don't normally agree with is, you know, defending him. It's, there's guys out there that have played ball that know. But then you hear people like Ryan Clark that just goes off on a tangent about stupid shit. And I and I, I like Ryan Clark for some of his takes, but I just don't I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't I don't get it either, but uh you know, you just you're never gonna get everybody on on the same page. I mean, that's why people still argue about who the greatest quarterback is and who's this and who's that. And people right. just want to be contrarian sometimes. And there's better places to pick that battle right now than whether Brock Purdy is any good or not. Cause he's obviously good. Right. How good is he is to be determined by how the rest of his career goes. Yeah. So out of the four teams, what, what, what in order, who do you want to win Super Bowl? Uh, well, I'm born in Kansas City, so are you fucking uh, shitting me? I'm a I've been a Chiefs guy my whole life, even though no I don't, shit, I did not know that. Even though I don't uh, necessarily follow the NFL as closely as I do say college and stuff, I, um, you know, um, if it's not the Chiefs, I'd really love to see Purdy win it. Yeah. Um, Detroit's right there. Uh, partly because. I loved watching Barry Sanders as a kid. Detroit has been too. a long-suffering program yeah. or, or franchise, I guess, not a program. but And to see them come through and pull one off would be great. Right. Um, Baltimore is a far distant, can kiss my ass fourth place because I just don't care about them. I don't, I don't have any allegiance to Baltimore. I was, I'm kind of one of those guys. Sorry, that, Charlie like... Kohler, but, you know. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. But, Denny's on board with you. He likes the Chiefs. I, uh, I'm kind of one of those guys. Like when the Chiefs started getting really good, I goes, "All right, somebody new." And now I'm like, they've been in six straight AFC Championship games. I'm tired of those fuckers. Although I'm a huge, I'm a huge Kelsey fan. Travis Kelsey, Jason Kelsey, those guys are legit. But I'm probably number one rooting for San Francisco just because I, I want to see Brock win it all i i've got a soft spot for him uh when he got drafted uh i tweeted immediately that he was going to make the team and eventually start at some point and man did i keep the receipts on that <laughs> uh, yeah i've seen a few of those but um i'm kind of with you with detroit though i i'm a bears fan but i always liked their uniforms i loved barry sanders and before I went to Iowa State and was an Iowa State fan, I was kind of a Chuck Long fan. So when he went to, when he went there and played there, I that's kind of how I got on board with them. Uh, and I just always kind of rooted for them. So I don't mind rooting for Detroit. 
especially now that Montgomery's there. But if it would have been the Packers or the Vikings, they would have kissed my ass because I I got absolutely no love for them whatsoever. So yeah, well, and that's the other side of the Detroit thing too. Is that that's why they're kind of on the same level as as uh, San Francisco for me is because Montgomery being there, it's a great story if they win. Yeah. Um, you know the fact that there's an Iowa State guy on every team except for Kansas City, I think. Yeah. Um, it's pretty cool that, yep. that that all of those guys have been in good franchises and good situations to to be able to get there. Now, granted, David had to leave that dreadful program of the uh, the Bears to do it. I don't I don't um, even blame him for that, but he didn't have to kick us on the way out the door. Well, you know, I mean, he could have just said thanks, Chicago. I appreciate it. He didn't have to go out and go. Well, I'm leaving because I want to go to somebody that can win. Like, dude, come on, you can't. I mean, he wasn't wrong. You've, you've seen what Chicago does. <laughs> no. I know. I'm aware. But you know what? That The whole divisional round, Anthony Johnson played for the Packers. He was on yep. the Packers. A.J. Klein is coming off the couch and and making 11 tackles. I mean, it, it was there was quite a few of them in there. So it was a good deal. So yeah, and Xavier really nice. came for the Texans, too. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, it's been a. It's uh, you know I, I, you have to call it the golden era of Iowa State football as far as that stuff goes probably it's, right might be the most we've had in the league at any one time yeah um and if it's not it's awful close and it's it's got to be sure close. It's the most in a long time yeah maybe the late Walden era when you know they had Keith Sims and and Gene Williams and uh, Gibson was was playing and and some of those guys and whatever which I didn't realize Dennis Gibson Actually lives in Ankeny and owns a bar there now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Keith Shrogi, who was on uh at the end of the year, who played in the uh in the early eighties for Briner and for Duncan and then uh, was a GA for Walden. Uh I've gotten to be friends with him and uh I met him up there for a drink when he was in town before the Texas game. And it was Dennis Gibson's bar. I had no idea that he even lived in Iowa and had a bar up there. So hmm. that's crazy. Didn't know that either. Yeah. Pretty nice place. So, yeah. All right. Let's take it. Let's take a break. Uh, we're going to get a word from our sponsors, uh, Revelton Distilling Company and Gravitate Coworking. Uh, I can't thank Rob enough for all he's done for Three Beards Media, hosting our events down there. Uh, and then Jeff and his crew at Gravitate Coworking, I've used their space quite a bit to get out of the basement here. Uh, you can rent a space, you can rent uh, office space there, you can get a, a private suite. Uh, they've got everything you need there uh, if you want to uh, have a meeting and things like that. So you definitely want to check those guys out as well. So let's uh, get a word from them, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to hear uh, Aaron's got an Am I the Asshole story that we're going to talk about. Why take the best corn in the world and make it into fuel when you could make it into whiskey? That's the question that launched Revelton, Iowa's most visible and fastest-growing distillery. Owners Rob and Christy Taylor embrace the grain-to-glass philosophy, sourcing ingredients locally and overseeing on-premises production and bottling at their facility in Osceola. One sip and you'll agree that Revelton's handcrafted whiskeys, gins, and vodkas are the best you've ever tasted. And with the launch of their rye whiskey, made with 100% Iowa-grown rye and corn, and their new bourbon coming soon, there's more Revelton to love than ever. Iowa's own Revelton Distillery. Reveltondistillery.com. 
The great thing about working from home is working from home. The worst thing is working from home, especially for face-to-face -face collaborations with customers and coworkers. And let's face it, coffee shop meetings are neither private nor professional. So skip the trip to Starbs and investigate Gravitate Coworking Space. For more than 10 years, Gravitate has provided large and small office and conference spaces, perfect for hosting meetings, workshops, or other events, as well as private phone booths for confidential conversations. Plus, all spaces include secure fiber internet, free coffee, and access to a kitchenette. All you need is your laptop. Gravitate does the rest. And renting space at Gravitate is surprisingly affordable. An hour of office space costs about the same as venti caramel macchiatos and breakfast sandwiches for two. Daily and monthly rates are also available with no long-term commitment. Learn more at GravitateCoworking.com. That's GravitateCoworking.com. All right, and we're back at Gravitate Coworking Studios. We got a busy studio this week. We had Sigh of the Storm last night. Uh, tomorrow night is False Starts with Bill Blank and I with special guest Sergeant Paul Parizic from the Des Moines Police Department. Uh, we're going to kind of dive into, uh, you know, th what they see and what they go through. Uh, you know, we had that unfortunate, terrible uh, shooting in Perry, and you know, first responders see a lot of stuff that um, – we wouldn't ever imagine and just would going to pick Paul's brain about a, what, what they have available for them uh, for help and assistance and then what they provide the community as well. So that'll be really good. Uh, and then Wednesday, three blind refs are back uh, after their hiatus. Uh, ball don't lie is on Thursday. I'm sorry. Hawks eye view is on Thursday and then ball don't lie is on Friday. So we got a full week schedule, Aaron. It's good. It's good. I, uh, you know, we we put out some really good content. Those guys and gals all do a great job with what they do. And uh, there's, you know, ideally what we're trying to do is have a little something for everybody. So hopefully there's something there for you to enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Hit me with this. Am I the asshole story? Okay. Um, so this is a relatively recent uh, thing that happened to me. Um, and uh, to preface, I'm in business-to-business -business sales in my everyday life. Um, so I work for a manufacturer. I sell to people who sell my product, right? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Recently, uh, well, not recently, four months ago, I had heard um, a rumor about the GM of one of the locations that I deal with um, that he and his uh son who also works at that location we're not talking um and that the son might potentially quit um so i talked to a few other people that know them said hey have you heard this you know what's going on um and trying to figure out what what was happening um from my seat i look at it as though i'm trying to figure out am i potentially walking into a minefield could I say, Hey, how was your Thanksgiving with your kid and set somebody <laughs> off? You know, that, that's the way I'm looking at it. Yeah, No, that makes um, sense. It, it, and so it, selfishly from a business standpoint, it is how do I avoid from do, the, having this happen and affect my business? Right. Um, so I, and I talked to people who were part of that company, but in other branches, those, they, they all know each other. You know how that goes. It's all yep. tied together. Um, 
and nobody confirmed it. None of the people that I talked to confirmed those rumors or anything. So I just kind of left it alone, dropped it. Right. Um, and then here, not too long ago, I got a call from that, that general manager, just reaming me about spreading rumors about them and this, that, or the other thing, um, you know, and that it's none of my business and this, that, or the other. So I guess that's the question, right? Um, um, is trying to look out for my own personal best interest um, and not set people off, which is looking out for their best interest to some extent. Right. You know, is that something I should have done, should not do? Am I being an asshole if I'm asking around about that kind of stuff? Because I'm not saying that it's happening. I'm not like TV right. gossiping. But yeah, I get his point too in that, yeah, you know, it's none of none of the, anybody else's business, whether it's happening or not. And I think if I'd have had a better relationship with, with that particular guy, I might've just asked him directly. Right. But he's not somebody you talk to um, for various right. reasons. Um, so I, you know, tried to find out in other ways. So I guess that's uh, the question. So I guess my first, my first inclination is, is that I, it's an honest reaction on your part to have because obviously somebody told you it's not like this just magically appeared to you without somebody telling you correct so there was a concern by that person obviously that felt maybe you needed to know now maybe they were gossiping or were they telling you because they thought hey before you walk in there you should probably know this yeah and, and that and that person was inside of that organization as well right so to me I think that's a natural reaction is to want to know what's going on so that you don't offend anybody. And, and so, no, I don't think your intentions were assholes at all. I, I think it was a legitimate um, question. Can you now look back and think, yeah, like you said, yeah, he was probably right. Maybe I could have handled it differently. I, that, that's okay. But that doesn't make you wrong for the way that you handled it before. Yeah. And I'm not sure I would do it necessarily any different. Um, at this point either. I mean, I can see his point, um, right. but I don't, I don't know that I would do anything any differently either. So, um, cause it's just one of those things where this individual is volatile about things anyways. So, okay. It's like, so, all right. You, so you, then that, that enhances for me that you did the right thing there because he's obviously got a reputation of maybe not being cool about stuff or, or, or losing his temper or whatever else. And if, especially if you knew that there was tension and then you just walked in there and just walked right into a shit show, that's, I don't blame you at all for, for wanting to check. Be different if yeah. the guy was a different type of person, right? Right. Like I said, if it was somebody I had a good relationship with, which is most of my clients, right. Um, it's something I could just sit down and, have a conversation. Hey, is something going on here? I've, I've heard this, you know, it would be easier. And I, this is probably the one client where I wouldn't feel comfortable doing that. Right. Um, just because of the way he is. Yeah. Um, you know, and so, I don't know. So it's just an interesting. Yeah. And Denny weighs in says, no, no. I think he's saying, no, you're not the asshole. Sales is a different bird. You don't really sell your product. You're selling yourself and your confidence. Correct. Right. Yeah. And, and people, so. people buy from people, right? That's right. the way yep. I've always looked at it. Um, yeah. So it's just one of those things where 
everybody's going to have a different opinion. If you have an opinion, tweet at us, right? Or X or X at us. That's right, X at us. Maybe who is. knows? Maybe who knows? Maybe there's a reason why this kid was pissed at him. It sounds like a dick. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. Like no. I said, I don't know them personally outside of of work at all. So, okay. Um, Bill's chiming in. Bears are 63 and 100 over the last 10 seasons and have an overall losing record since the Super Bowl. Why are you, why are we talking? Why you're like two segments too late, Bill? Come he's on. Not man. Wrong, uh, he's, he's not wrong, though. He's not wrong, but that's <laughs> just be throwing out stats like that. That's ridiculous. I mean, that's Brown's level terrible almost. That's, that's, I know, I know. Well, that's what they get for firing Lovey Smith. You, the dude had a winning record when you fired him. And you went out and you grabbed Mark fucking Trussman. Don't even get me started on that. Yeah, actually, on my you ever check your memories on your Facebook? Like, do you ever go look at your memories of no of stuff? I mean, so if I happen to get on Facebook that day and see one, then that's the only time I see one. Right. So I went to my memories today. I always check my memories just because it's kind of funny. And uh, let's see, I gotta find it. I can't remember. Oh yeah. Uh, in 2015, I tagged my buddy Dan Moore, who's a Broncos fan, and said, Chicago's Bear be like, look what the Broncos threw out. And I was super excited that they hired uh, John Fox. And looking back at that, what a terrible fucking hire that was. So, Bill said he I mean, had to get the numbers together. He can't hate without facts. Nice. That's true. That's true. Um, and he also said, if the employee hadn't been the GM's son, would you have approached it any differently? Um, yeah, probably. Um, pro yeah, probably would have because I know the odds of the kid quitting are probably not very good. Um, and you know, just the tension family tension is different than just regular work tension uh, to a yeah. certain extent. So, yeah, I, I may have handled, I may not have done anything about it if it was just an employee. Um, you know, but because of the family dynamic of it, I probably did handle it differently than i might have otherwise that makes sense uh big news came out today so uh aaron's tuned in because you're an iowa state fan but the whole state of iowa uh was up in roar over this gambling investigation that snagged uh the people from iowa and iowa state uh guys like noah shannon at iowa lost an entire year uh just because they made a bet on on one game Hunter Decker's, you know, is is gone. Jarrell Brock. I think Iowa State's football team suffered a quite a bit more. Uh, although, if you look at the end of the season, I I don't think it hurt us terribly. But, uh, you know, guys like Jake Rimsburg makes one bet on women's basketball, and the dude missed almost the entire season. I mean, but for those of you that haven't heard, uh, it apparently looks like that. Um, there's a rogue agent that actually went outside of the rules without a warrant and proceeded to throw geofences around some areas to try to catch people gambling. That's the that's the report according to the to uh, Van Plum, who is representing uh, Isaiah Lee and uh, Arazuike. Right. Yeah, and I've 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 seen that, um, and apparently did it like twice. He did it once and took it back to his superiors, and they told him no. Yeah, he didn't have enough evidence. And then he did it again, 
without and a they, warrant again. Without a warrant, and they they said, "Yeah, okay, run with it." Which I don't know if he lied to his superiors and said, "Oh yeah, we've got a warrant." And they, I think they would know. I don't know how all that works. I've never been right. in code enforcement, law enforcement, whatever you want to call it. Um, so it's it's pretty wild, and it's pretty obvious that this guy was targeting specifically high right. level uh schools because it was just iowa and iowa state apparently yep um specific programs football basketball um because he geofenced apparently specific facilities that only allowed athletes in yep um some things like that it's it's wild to me that one person put all of this in motion so i two things on his own Two things pop into my head. What world do we live in where your where your your supervisor tells you to drop it and you supersede that and go double down in an investigation like that? Now, this is my conspiracy brain running. Surely somebody higher up than him said, go ahead, keep going. Like Yeah, that, that's I, I see your point, right? Do it anyways, kind of thing. Um, hard to say, you know, especially when you're talking about a government agency, there's right. politics involved. There's all kinds of bullshit that we may not right. ever hear. Um, you know, you can conspiracy theory it all, all you want, but you know, the things we don't know about what goes on in government and everything else could, yeah. you know, is enormous. It could fill a warehouse full of, sure, trucks, right. you know, it's, it's not even, it's not even a matter of whether we know everything or not. We don't, and it's not even close. So, right. Um, this is I one just, of those things. I just feel like, like I, I can't wrap my head around the fact that his, his supervisor told him to drop it, and he doubled down on it, without, without some kind of a fear of retribution. Right? Like, that's that's where I'm, I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around it. Well, and the second part of it is, did did the guy think that they weren't going to find out there wasn't a warrant when all this started or any? That's what, like, right. Like, did he think he was going to be Randy Marsh walking down the street with his balls in a wheelbarrow? I mean, you know, it's <laughs> like, what what are you doing? You, you, you don't listen to your boss. And then on top of that, you did it illegally. Yeah. The amount of money that the state is ultimately... This Van Plum guy is going to ram it he's right getting, up the state's rear end. It's going to be he, and he should ugly. And um, and I feel bad for the for the college students, but Razuike, his entire pro career is gone. Yeah, we'll see if he ever comes back so, from it. You know, I mean, um, I think he's technically still on Denver's roster, right? Yeah. Um. So I, think I don't he's know. Like, he's indefinitely suspended or something like that. Yeah. I, I mean, he's I don't on know like the commissioner's ever. list or something like that. Yeah, this is this is what slays me the most, though. During Special Agent Sanger's deposition, he stated that he cannot remember why he decided to conduct the warrantless searches, but he was concerned about the things such as people infiltrating Iowa sports team to gain insider information or match fixing. I'm calling total bullshit on that. Yeah, well, he can't remember why. So somebody somebody told him. Yes, or, that's where I. That's what I'm saying. As far as there was somebody higher up, that I, I think it's the attorney general. Well, because yeah, it could be because or, or, she has 
she has said publicly she was not on board with the gambling thing or whatever. I think it's coming from the governor's office, but then again, that might be just because I don't care for that entire administration. Yeah, maybe. I'm or, fair or, to say, fair to say, I might be biased in my opinion, and that's why I'm going there. Or, or let's say it's not politically motivated. Maybe this dude is himself a degenerate gambler. Yeah, and wanted maybe. to make sure that everything was on the up and up, so that when he was losing his mortgage payment. He knew it was straight. Maybe that might be true you know, too. Yeah, that's that's know. actually I never I would have never thought of that. You know, I and, and that's obviously unfounded speculation. Right. Um right. And a joke. Right. No, I but, like that. Let's run with that. Let's run with yeah, that. Yeah, you know. Um but it's like I you know, I don't know what would possess somebody to to make that decision and then like you said double down on it and make that decision again. Right. Um you know, and it'll be interesting to see if this goes forward and goes the way it looks like it's going, right? Right. What kind of compensation does a guy like Deckers or Remsburg or, you know, Wazariki, you can kind of put it a number on it because he's missing right. a, a paycheck from a season, right? These other sure. guys... Yep. What what potential unknown damages have you caused to them by basically ruining their athletic careers? Right. Yeah. Um, now you could argue, you could come back and argue and say, "Hey, look, Jirel was a fourth year junior and and wasn't going to make the league based off his production or whatever." I mean, right. I'm sure some of that will will play out, and who who sure. knows? But it's absolutely a civil rights violation, William. Yep. Um, because uh, you know that comes into violation of privacy and all that kind of stuff. Right. Now, having said all of that, <clears throat> I want people to understand where I'm at on this. The guys who were gambling, big bunch of idiots. hundred percent. Because you know the rules. they knew the rules. It's not like they weren't talked about. Are the rules stupid? Yeah, probably. Right. Um, I think a football player gambling on sports outside of, um his own sport his own sport and, and maybe even his own university i can kind of see that yeah. that issue right shouldn't yeah. be an issue it shouldn't be a problem right because they can't they're not any more privy to access to information as far as i'm concerned as the average joe who went to high school with the tight end at the other school right or whatever yep. right it's everybody can get the information how do you think vegas always knows what's going on right you know it's it's yeah i mean it's it's not like that information isn't available if you really want to find out right um but you know as far as what those guys were doing yeah it's kind of dumb you know yep the, it, it you know you're not supposed to as far as as far as the college students go and and what they could possibly get compensation for the only thing that I can think of in terms of how do you measure a college student's potential earnings is actually a case from Iowa. Uh, and it just actually the, the anniversary was, I think, yesterday was the, the tragic death of Chris Street. And when uh, his family uh, sued uh, the state and the county and the plow driver for uh, future earnings or whatever of his pro career. So, I mean, maybe there's a precedent there somewhere. Uh, and I, I mean, obviously Chris street's tragedy is a, is a, is a much more tragic situation, but in legal terms, 
And in legality, you can look at that precedent and say, this is, this has been set as far as future earnings for college athletes that were not given the chance to finish. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to say. I mean, then you're looking at, you'd probably have to drag in scouts and right. experts and all of this stuff to, ver- to verify it. It's um, not going to go to trial. They're going to settle. And, but I, I secretly <clears throat> would love for them to get to go to trial. So everything comes out. Yeah. I'm, I, it, it's going to be interesting because at, at some point or another, I got to think the state uh, is going to want to settle before too much discovery happens. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, because there, if there's skeletons in that closet, the state's gonna not want to want them coming out, right? Um, so it'll be interesting. It's 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 really interesting, um, yeah, you know, to see how how it's all gonna play out. And William, you're probably right. You know, future employers and all that kind right. of stuff. Although, you know, how much does a future employer take that into account? It's it's hard to say it's immeasurable. Really. It wouldn't stop me from hiring somebody. If I saw that they were a kid who made a dumb right. mistake. Yeah. Um, you know, be a little wonders, if they were 40, you know? Yeah. Denny wonders if you can look at what they were making for NIL and extrapolate for that. Maybe possibly, but I don't know. I don't know that in this case, like, I don't know that Jake Rimsberg was making a lot of NIL money. I don't, you know, Hunter Deckers probably was making the most just simply because he was the starting quarterback. But uh, that's that's certainly a, a possibility. I, For me, out of all of them, Noah Shannon and, and Jake Rimsberg's are the ones that I feel the worst for. They didn't even bet on their own, like, universities or whatever else. They made one bet. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's terrible you know and it, it, it i would feel differently if they'd have hit every college and university across the whole state and it was an entire thing but they didn't they just right picked and choose to try to make a point and that kind of shit irritates me yeah that like why why just them that's that's the other thing you know bill says nobody from drake was caught up in the breaking laws. And that's the other thing too. How did the criminal case that should be sealed get sent to the NCAA? They obviously leaked it to the NCAA as well. Right. So that's, that's the other Avenue of it too. That's that that is just sucks. All right. We're going to, uh, we're going to move on. We're going to take, uh, I'm, I'm actually not going to play the ad for, for Kyle Lehman where uh, I'm going to showcase a, a program that he has. Um, and then I'm going to ask Aaron the Wintrust Mortgage question of the pod. So, uh, and shout out to Kyle. Kyle has uh, renewed his uh, his uh, sponsorship from us. Uh, Kyle was one of the first guys that called us when we branched out and became Three Beards Media. He wanted to be a part of the pod and part of our group. Uh, and we've got some really exciting new stuff that we're going to do with him. Uh, so. But for now, if you are a doctor, a physician, a dentist, an oral surgeon, pharmacist, chiropractor, a vet, even a doctor who has six months remaining on a residency program, you now have the ability to get a very low down payment option on this new loan program from Wintrust Mortgage through Kyle Lehman. Um, so I can't stress enough 
four years ago, I refinanced with, with, uh, with Kyle. And I actually went to go look at my loan today. Uh, and I've only got 11 years left. I shaved eight years off that loan and going to save almost $90,000, uh, nice. uh, on, on, on a, on a refinance that he did for me, but he's got different programs and different down payment programs. Last month he had one for new home buy, homeowner buyers. So I can't stress enough. Go check out Kyle. Give him a call. Uh, look him up on Twitter. He's a Hawkeye fan. We love him anyways. Um, but check out Kyle Lehman, Wintrust Mortgage, and uh, and he'll get you hooked up. So with that, uh, you know the drill here, Aaron. I'm sure you've listened to the pod a thousand times. I think, I think I've answered this question when I was on the pod a long time ago. Have you? Well, maybe you did. All right. Well, well maybe not. I don't know. Let's do it again and see. Okay, and we'll, let's see. We'll, we'll find out. I'll go. I'll yeah, remember. I'll go. I'll I'll pull the archives later and go look. <clears throat> so you have a magic time machine. You can go back ten years, twenty fourteen. What piece of advice are you going to go back and give Aaron Wall in two thousand fourteen? Uh, let's see. So ten years ago, twenty fourteen, I was still in Dallas. Um, I was in my current job, although. I was a service tech still then. I wasn't a sales manager, let alone a district sales manager yet at that time. Um, so um, I, I think I think it would be to be patient, um, even maybe a little more patient than I was. Um, I've always been, and this is going to sound super you know, jerky maybe. Um, I've always been a pretty high achiever when it comes to work. Yeah. Um, I've moved up the ladder quickly at times. Um, and, and in some cases too quickly, you know, at 25 or six years, 25 years old, I was a high school athletic director, you know, um, and had to learn on the fly and I'm typically pretty good at it, but it does, yeah. does also uh, cause mistakes a little more sure. frequently when you're, you know, a little bit underprepared, even though you're capable. Yeah. Um, and in this job, I, I found myself to some extent doing the same thing when I was younger, pushing a little harder than I needed to. Um, and uh, not, not always, feeling a, not always feeling like people were noticing the work that was getting done. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm not somebody who really wants a lot of accolade or rah, rah, good job stuff. I, I, right. I just want to be respected and, and, you know, I want it to be noticed that. that right. Acknowledged. Done, yeah. Right. Um, and <clears throat> To some extent, keeping your job is that, right? I, yeah. I make the joke all the time that I haven't been fired yet. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, it's one of those things <clears throat> where just just being more, even more patient um, with a lot of things, uh, work, personal life stuff too. Um, yeah. My golf game right now, for one. <laughs> I want it to come along faster than it is. Um but, but when you've completely changed your swing and grip and everything else, it takes time and patience. Um, and, uh, I, you know, patience, even at that time I had a, you know, a zero year old, right. Um, yep. 
my daughter has just turned 14 in December. So she would have been a month old at this point. Um, uh, being more patient with her uh, yeah. at times growing up and stuff. It's, um, you know, I look back at when I was teaching and I think, well, I was pretty patient with a lot of those kids because I thought, oh, they're kids and they make mistakes and this happens. Um, and there were times I wasn't, you know, but, you know, with my daughter, it's like, it's a different expectation. That's probably not fair. Yeah. Um, so patience in that respect as well. Um, I, I would say that's probably the biggest thing that I would look back and say, Hey, I, I could have done better by just simply being a little more patient. I think that's, I think that's spot on spot on. Uh, Bill continues with the bears hate. I, I don't know why <laughs> I don't, had three winning seasons since 2010, so you should be arrested for that. Seven winning seasons this night. Chris wishes he could go back and pick a new favorite NFL team. You're such an Bill. Bill went to high school with me. I I don't even know why I'm friends with him anymore. Oh, uh, I think it's because he's pretty smart. Yeah, that and I I have lack of options. So <laughs> lack of options. Uh, let me ask you one thing. Got to keep you in check. So based off of what you had conference, I'll ask you this one thing. What what made you change from, from teaching into to, to get out of that field? Because you, I, we know now teachers are probably have it the worst that they've had it in a long time with, with, with things that are going on. What made you get out of, of teaching and, and move on? Um, and there's a whole story we can cover at a different time okay. on this sometime maybe. But uh, honestly, the thing that got me out of teaching was the parents. Yeah just the my kid can't do any wrong the coddling the you can't do that you yeah. know if you're not going to parent your kid and you send them to school then let me do it let the teachers do their jobs right you know let us instill some discipline and i'm not saying that from a like beat your child standpoint no. but you know let us put down rules and and when and, we do that and consequences back us up right yes you know yeah. and and so often we got stuff where that wasn't the case um, and so it, you know, when I had to kick a drunk dad out of a basketball game and stuff like yeah, that as an athletic yeah. director and, and things like that, I'm just like, at some point I'm going to punch somebody and that's <laughs> not going to be good for anybody. So for 25 more years of this or whatever it would have been at the All time, right. I, don't, I don't think I'm going to make it. It's probably best that I find something else to do. Well, that, that seems like a, a topic we'll dive into next yeah my my tolerance for stupid adults is pretty short right my tolerance for stupid kids is pretty long because they're kids yeah feels similar for youth sports parents can be so bad shortage of refs and coaches is due to parents i think that's totally on spot and being an athletic director jim crozer who is one of the the refs on three blind refs talks about it all the time how the refs uh are few and far between and he, I think he's been roughing for 20 some years and some of the younger guys are not following through and coming up and, and eventually you're going to run out of those guys. So they, yeah. they talk about it quite a bit. Yep. All right. We're going to finish up here, but we got to do the, uh, the famous STFU uh, segment. Sorry. I had a mental break there. Um this came, uh, again, as always, uh, we had Steph Copley on, who is an amazing uh, host of uh, Title IX on the Cyclone Network, Cyclone Fanatic Network. Uh, she came on and uh, 
Tim and I were, you know, blabbering on and she finally told us to shut the fuck up so she could talk. <laughs> so we decided to make it a segment and we asked that you uh, listen to her note, uh, go to the Young Women's Resource Center, make a donation in, in honor of Steph Copley. And when we come back, Aaron, I will shut the fuck up and you get to say whatever you want. And if that means that you make fun of Bill, then that's okay too. Uh, sorry. Hey, everybody, it's Steph Copley, the woman behind the STFU segment on the Old Man Strength podcast. When I told the guys I wanted to sponsor this segment, they recommended that I make a charitable donation instead. So that's what I did. I chose the Young Women's Resource Center in Des Moines, Iowa. They're a nonprofit that supports, educates, and advocates for girls and young women ages 10 to 24. Their whole goal is to make sure that these young women become strong, self-confident, and successful. And if you know me at all, you know that aligns with my goals as well. If you're interested and would like to donate, check them out at ywrc.com. Org and donate today. And remember, don't forget to STFU and listen every once in a while. Thanks. All right. Uh, thanks again, uh, Steph. Uh, we were really honored to have our STFU uh, holiday fundraiser uh, down at Rebelton on December 9th, uh, where we had a, a nice big crowd and uh, we raised a little over a thousand dollars for the Young Women's Resource Center that we were able to donate. So uh, in the spirit of that, uh, Aaron, I will shut the fuck up and you get to say whatever you want. Yeah, all right. Um, I'm actually going to kind of elaborate on what Steph is is saying and talking about um, because it's one of the things that I, I tell my daughter all the time and that it's that she needs to listen more um, and talk less. Um, and And the reason is adults, kids, people in general, it seems now are, are not listening to understand anymore. They're listening to respond. Um, so before somebody's even done saying something or whatever, they're already wanting to blurt out an answer instead of taking the time to take in that information and parse it out and dissect it a little bit. Um, and then give a thoughtful response, right? Because if, if you're already formulating what you want to say, while somebody else is talking, you're not getting all of the information. You may be missing on subtle clues. You may be missing on hints um, that, that people are dropping and, and tone. Um, so practice talking less and listening more. And that can even be in a room where you're not even in a conversation. You know, listen to what's going on around you. Listen to the things that are happening because you can learn things in everyday life just by listening whether that's that the train comes at a certain time or or whatever it is and it may not even be that important but just take some time to do some active listening no matter what what it is you know just shut your mouth off and turn your ears on and practice at picking up all of the information of what's going on around you um i'll give you an example when you're up and moving around your room and doing stuff and you've got an old clock that's sitting there, do you hear it ticking? Nope. Nope. But when you're laying in bed at night and you can't sleep or whatever, all you can hear is that motherfucker tick. <laughs> right. Uh, yep. You know, and because you're, you're, you're shutting down your, your, your ears are working. There's not, you're blocking out all the other noise. And, and then even sometimes 
if you catch it when stuff's going on and then all of a sudden all you can hear is a tick because you can focus on something yeah and you can do that so it would just be my recommendation recommendation to everybody is to to talk less listen more um and and respect what people are telling you if they're taking the time to try to have a conversation respect what they're saying whether you agree or don't agree um on whatever it is you know be it the way your boss wants you to investigate something or not um you know just shut up and listen yeah i i perfect perfect response 100 percent um we're going to wrap up i want to uh quickly talk about uh one of the pods that we haven't talked about here uh amy and jess and holly uh, from the hot mess yeah. happy hour i know right from the hot mess happy hour are holding a contest uh this is probably not the audience that they're looking for with a bunch of old men but yeah, you never know you never know Swifties, they, Swifties uh, are everywhere buddy that's right uh revelton distilling company is having a swifty party uh, bill's a big swifty i bet bill bill's a big swifty i know that <laughs> that's right that's right uh you should have heard the music he listened to when we were in high school it was it was it was you know, pretty, pretty bubblegum. Anyway, yes, yeah. <laughs> he was a big Barbara Streisand fan. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Nothing wrong with that. That's right. Revelton Distilling Company is having a big uh, Taylor Swift tribute uh, on February 2nd. Uh, so the ladies at Hot Mess Happy Hour have uh, a contest here. You can go rate uh, where you guys listen to him, subscribe, also follow him on social media. And tell them what's on your friendship bracelet. Respond to them on Twitter. Uh, send them a direct message, whatever. And they have two tickets to give away. And you can join the Hot Mess Happy Hour ladies uh, at Revelton on February 2nd. And any other Saturday, uh, Revelton has live music and, and different specials and things like that. Check out their Facebook page for all that stuff. Um, and it's just a good time. It's a great place. It's a great time. No, Bill. I don't even know what Yentl is. So nice try. I thought he liked the same fear. Every week. I, I don't even know what Yentl is. I swear <laughs> to God, I don't know. So, all right. Uh, we're going to get out of here. Aaron, you got anything else before we uh, before we close for the night? I don't think so. Looking forward to, to going down this road with you, and uh, hopefully people will still enjoy it. Me too. I, I'm super excited about where we're heading with it. Uh, I 2024 one of our goals uh i really would like to to pull in some some really cool guests and whatever and i think uh, the next two guests are going to be uh spot on and you know last week we had mike warren on and that was a yeah. that was a phenomenal episode too so uh yeah, appreciate everybody good. that's right appreciate everybody listening appreciate everybody's support uh and uh we will have i don't even know i'm not very good at this aaron i suck at these closings so let's just try this let's try again Everybody have a great night. Thanks for listening. We are out of here. Uh-huh.